Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 24 of the Roots of Life podcast. If you'd like to know more about the Roots of Life podcast, go check out rootsoflifepodcast.com. There is episodes up there, and there's some blog posts that you can check out. If you have any questions, inquiries, or topic ideas, feel free to reach out to us at rootsoflifepodcast at gmail.com. It's going to be a great episode. We've got some cool topic ideas, and we're going to engage in some interesting conversations. So stay tuned. I hope you enjoy the episode. everybody and welcome to episode 24 of the roots of life podcast my name is taylor i'm one half of the hosts of the roots of life podcast joined by he only does everything james fitzgerald hello everybody and welcome to our 24th episode today we're going to talk about some fun stuff i uh was sitting on the couch the other day just thinking about where a person's personality comes from so i thought we would talk about it talk about personality and consciousness, how those things arise, and what makes us who we are. So, Taylor, where do you think, like, what is your theory for where consciousness comes from for a person? Or personality, sorry. We'll go with personality first. We'll tackle that one. It seems a little easier. Well, I mean, there's the whole nature versus nurture debate. Mm -hmm. And I think we've gone down that road before. We've kind of talked about it in, I don't remember what episode, but a previous episode. So just go listen to them all (laughs) and find that conversation. You can do that. But yeah, I think think it's a combination of the two. And maybe it even comes from, you know, a little bit of past lives you know maybe your energy moves on and then that uh consciousness um you know you get reinserted back into the world after a little while or whatever and then maybe you know certain personality traits are passed on and you know carry on with you that is a theory i guess that makes sense so it's kind of like on the topic of like a psychoanalytic or type theory for uh, personality if you want to go into like the actual Um, psychological theories psychoanalytic is basically like freud's idea that there's the id the ego and the superego and they all operate within your consciousness and your subconsciousness to basically make you who you are and operate on whatever level you're working on and then there's the type theories there's a lot of different ones um and they basically state that you are a type of person and each person is their own type and like you're consistently going to be that type of person so it it sounds like you're on that kind of line with with the if it is a past life then you're sticking basically with that similar personality to continue on with yeah but i think there's a certain level of growth Mm -hmm. from from each of our physical experiences on to the next one or else what would be the purpose of redoing it every time yeah that makes sense you see where you uh where you went wrong in your in your past life and kind of continue forwards. I mean, I think that's uh, a big part of the the philosophies for for reincarnation and everything like that. It's to try and gain knowledge and um, gain a different understanding or a different perspective on basically every part of life to be like a fully actualized being to like be reconnected with the singularity in the end to break the cycle or whatever it's um from what i've read anyways for a lot of them 
Yeah, I mean, the idea is to do it over and over until, you know, and grow and learn and try and do it better each time, which is essentially what we try and do in all aspects of our life. Exactly. So I was, what I was thinking about, I had, um, earlier that day, when I was sitting on the couch there thinking about personality, I was talking to some people at work about about personalities and how they thought they were. And they related it basically to like their zodiac signs and their like their birth year in the terms of the Chinese year where they were, I think one of them was like the bull and another was, or one of them was a dog, I think, and one was a snake. And they related that, like combined it with their zodiac sign, which like zodiac sign is basically just like when you're born, the way that the, the planets are aligned and stars and all those things are supposed to basically put these traits upon you as a human. It's, it's like an early way to explain these kinds of things. It's basically like a lot of like early religions and stuff. They, they use those to explain how things um, happen in the world. And then they use Zodiac as well to explain human beings and their behavior. And it got me thinking about the idea that, if that is the truth, if, if I am, I'm a Gemini and I was born in the year of the monkey. So basically I'm just like the most chaotic of all, of all things possible. Um, if that's true, is it possible for me to change who I am and, and what I, where I am in life and what I want to be, et cetera, as a person to, to become like something else, if I like a more stable, like, I don't know, hardworking, like focused individual instead of somebody who like obsesses over things for a little while, flips over to a new things and is obsessed about that. I just got into this idea. I kind of was wondering of your thoughts on if that's, if that is, if the, the truth that the Zodiac and everything is what makes your personality or what you think of the subject. Well, I want to ask first, mm-hmm. do you do you think that you need to believe in one or the other? Because it kind of gets into the religion versus science yeah. question, right? Where a lot of people would say it's hard to believe in one and not... If, like, if you believe in one, it's, it's hard to really believe in both. Mm-hmm. Because they kind of, you know, they, the, ide- the idealisms behind them uh, clash, right? Yeah. You know, we're saying that you... Uh, that you're forever growing throughout these different physical experiences. And as the years go on and, you know, you pass on from one physical life and then you kind of, your energy goes back out and then you kind of have to come back into another physical experience to, uh, to let your spirit grow. But to say that, that your personality has already been predetermined throughout uh, certain star alignments or, you know, whatever kind of Zodiac, you categorize under then it's the idea there is that you can't change it right that you can't Mm -hmm. grow it outside of your physical body right outside of your physical self because you're just going to like eventually like you know you're already categorized as that so uh i don't know do you believe that you can believe in both do you like what do you think i think you can um, cause basically I see the Zodiac 
as like an early like I want to use the word archaic form of like psychological type theory for personalities where I in the Myers-Briggs I'm an INTP which means I'm one of like these like basically logic driven people that that's what I focus on in life and it all makes sense but when you do read these type theories it's very generalized as well just like these zodiac things so I feel like it's kind of like a an early version of type theory and I think of all the different theories for personality as kind of being like one whole person, whereas each theory, it almost seems like they, they say this is how humans are. Like for behavior theory, your behavior is based upon your conditioning, basically, like how you're conditioned to behave in certain situations or um, social cognitive theory, basically like you react to whatever's happening around you. So you don't necessarily act out you react to things whereas i see all of those things as being very possible and and very true depending on the situation and i think like with type theory you can have an underlying type or or whatever and then from there it kind of like it almost limits or changes the the responses that you will have in situations thus changing the way your personality will be but I don't know if like if you can actually change the personality completely. I think it, it might be possible. You might be able to go from being somebody that's really logic driven to being somebody that has finds something more fanciful. I'm not sure if that's that's kind of like a bad um, example. It's not usually the case, but I think it's possible to to believe in both to answer your question to feel that there isn't like an underlying an underlying like basis but then you can change the personality around it. I'm not sure if that counts as changing the personality completely though. Well, the problem that I've always had with um I guess like the the zodiac cycle is the fact that it like you had said before like it's so generalized mm-hmm. and it's hard like, if you think about how many children are born in a year throughout the world, it's hard to say that I think that however many, say, like, million children are all going to have the same characteristics, right? Yeah. Like, they're all coming from different places. They all have different experiences. They all have different upbringings. Therefore, they are going to have different personalities, which makes it hard to say that, well, you're going to be a romantic type. You're going to be... Uh, a kind person you're going to be crazy you're going to be this because everybody has like comes from a different place so for me in this particular situation it's hard to believe in both because i necessarily like don't fully believe in one itself but at the same time i'm the person who thinks that yes you can believe in uh religion and science at the same time Mm -hmm. because of I tried to show empathy in that scenario to the other because I I kind of believe in both. Yeah. Right? So I think that the science that I believe in kind of trickles over into the spiritual and religious side of my life as well. So I think you can believe in both. I don't in this particular scenario, but I think you can. I mean, when it comes to the Zodiac, that one's, like I said, it's, it's, it's like an older one. It's based not necessarily on characteristics of the person but 
basically characteristics of the solar system when that person was born. So it, I don't necessarily think the Zodiac is one that would necessarily pinpoint how an actual person would necessarily be, but I think it is, it is a form of type theory in a way. This is basically where I was going with it. Right. Yeah. Well, I am, I mean, we're both monkeys, mm-hmm. I guess, because we're born in 92. And the fact is, I love climbing fucking trees. You do. <laughs> I love <laughs> climbing trees. <laughs> and so part of me believes in it because, like, damn, I must have some kind of monkey in me. But that's also because, like, we're primates, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Prime apes. Sorry. Prime um, apes. <laughs> yeah. Is it primates or prime apes? Um, I think you can say both, but it's primates, like a T. Primate. Yeah, primate. Right. Oh, but okay. We, well, we yeah. Would te- we would technically be like the prime apes, because if we were in the ape genus. Because we're those prime <laughs> ass people. Like prime number one. Yeah, we're number one. That's right. So... On that topic, do you think you can measure a person's personality then? Like, you can quantify it. And basically, do you think you can type, like, put, fit somebody into a typology? Do you think there are types of personalities? Yeah, I think there's types of personalities. I think that's pretty clear. I mean, just through your interactions with people, everybody is different mm-hmm. and everybody is uh I think everybody is an individual in a certain way, but people like to be part of tribes. People like to have a team that they can stand behind. That's why uh, the government does so well with sending people to war because people are willing to die for their country, you know, like the patriotic aspect of it, you know? So I think everybody is an individual. And so you can say that everybody has different personalities, but I think the mistake is to say that, one per you can measure someone's personality above another person's because they're different and mm-hmm. what might seem like one person has uh, maybe some kind of social stigma where another person is maybe very educated yeah and i think to say that one is better than the other is no bueno yeah that no bueno that would come down to more like their life experience not necessarily like their base personality type i would th- i would think um we're like, you would have, let's see here. We, there's like 16 personalities, so I can look through them. I have them right here. So Interesting. Yeah. This is, well, this is like, it's based off of Myers-Briggs, um, who, who took it off of... Um, can you tell me who that is? You've mentioned the name multiple times, and I'm not familiar with the name. He's a psychologist. Um, he, he's basically famous for the Myers-Briggs uh, personality test, which after answering... I think 60 questions or something you end up with one of one of 16 personalities and he he took the basically the idea or or some of the ideas from Carl Jung and kind of expanded it to build this test I don't really have much more information than that but there's for example they have them written down as like architect um, imaginative and strategic thinkers with a plan for everything uh, logician um, innovative 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 inventors with an unquenchable thirst for knowledge that's in the analysts section so there's like there's four categories within 
And within each of those four categories, there's four personality types. So in the diplomats, there's a mediator type, which is poetic, kind, and altruistic people, always eager to um, help a good cause. There's the campaigner, enthusiastic, creative, and sociable free spirits who can always find a reason to smile. Now, this is, I think this is also another like adaptation of the Myers-Briggs test. So it's not the actual test. Okay. Um, but there's, yeah, there's also like defender, very dedicated and warm protectors, always ready to defend their loved ones. And um, like entertainer, spontaneous, energetic, and enthusiastic people. Life is never boring around them. So it's like, these are like the base types and these are like basic how they are in everyday life. In each situation, they're going to be somewhere around here. So do you think you can like pinpoint and say, Taylor, you are a basic, well, let's see, you are a virtuoso or something. And then, and then I'm the logician. Do you think you can pin that down to always be correct? No, I don't think so. think so. I think that people, there's so many different like variables that mm-hmm. come up and make a person. And I think that you're never going to be able to pinpoint and say that somebody is one of those things. I think maybe you can get to a point where you can maybe like break it down and kind of uh, figure out maybe a couple things that couple that they relate to you know something so that you have kind of a guideline to uh who somebody is but i think somebody can figure it out for themselves but i don't think people from the outside can understand what makes a person tick necessarily i think you you're you're gonna be able to figure that out for yourself Mm -hmm. like you're gonna be able to read those and be like well i am that like i am this i am that but it's not to say that any of those are necessarily better than the others because i know like when you mentioned a couple of those, I thought of people that I knew that f- fell under those categories, but in unhealthy ways. Oh, okay. So I think it's like, I think of, um, you know, just because you are one of those, like one of those sp- specific types of personalities doesn't mean it's a good thing. doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad thing either, but I think to if you can understand what personality type you are, then maybe you have a chance at uh, adjusting those and being able to adjust your lifestyle to accommodate a different type of personality mm-hmm. as well so that it can you can have some kind of uh, growth and you know benefit to change and everything. What do you think on the subject? I think yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I don't think I don't think you can necessarily pinpoint somebody. Um, to be that type always. I know the first time I did the test, I they came out with two for me um, because I didn't fit either one um, perfectly. I was in between. Um, Yo, a black sheep. Yeah, I'm different. Uh, <laughs> but no, I, I just think like when it comes down to it, there's so many different variables, so many different, so many different places you're going to find yourself in it's going to be different situations so many different situations you're going to find yourself in you can't necessarily pinpoint what they're going to be like in those situations i know depending on who i'm hanging out with i'm a completely different person like i'll be either this like weird quiet kid that sits there and doesn't talk to you or i'll be this like loud mouth annoying jerk like it just depends like so i don't think there's like an underlying personality necessarily 
to that, I think of just different and di- different situations. I agree. Yeah. So. But I, I think you're pretty wonderful. Thanks, so. man. Thank you. <laughs> awesome. Well, good conversation. Let's yeah. take a quick break and then we will come back for our second topic of the day. All right. We are all part of a single consciousness experiencing itself in infinite subjective realities. We are all part of a single consciousness experiencing itself in infinite subjective realities. We are back. And it's that special time of day where I get to ask one lucky man, <laughs> one lucky question. <laughs> what tickles your fancy? What tickles your fancy? <laughs> Love Jimmy, it. I want to know what tickles your fancy. What tickles my fancy? What tickles my fancy? Yes, sir. I started thinking when I was trying to figure out what I, what tickles my fancy. I started thinking about how much I love Vancouver Island. Shout out to Vancouver Island. I love it. It's beautiful. It's green. It's luscious, full of life. And then I was thinking about some of my favorite activities to do when I'm on Vancouver Island. And I love going to the beach, especially at night. When What beach? <laughs> There's no beaches. There's so many. Well, beaches. I mean, there is. There's a couple. There's beaches. a lot of beaches. What Doesn't are you necess- about? It's not necessarily like a beach with like t- typical sand and stuff. Sometimes it's just a rock beach, but it's still a beach. Mm. Or we okay? We'll call it. I like to go to the shore. The shore. <laughs> I like dog. to go to the shore, next to the ocean, and I like to light fires. And I like to just like hang out, man, and like have a beach fire. But yeah. Beach My tickled fancy for the day is beach fires. So you only like beach fires today? Incorrect. I love beach fires all the time. <laughs> <laughs> but they're my tickled fancy of the day. Okay. Yes. That's fair. Yes. Taylor, what is your tickled fancy? What tickles your fancy? Well, in Vancouver... I might as well live in Japan because got Japanese people all around me, got Japanese food all around me. We live by the ocean and, you know, there's just bomb ass sushi all the time. Besides the point, I mean, I don't know. I like Mexico, too. Mexico's pretty great because they have avocados. (laughs) So when you take Japan and then you take Mexico, you put them together. What do you get? Yet avocado rolls. <laughs> and that is my tickle fancy for the day. <laughs> I didn't know that when you put Mexico and Japan together, that's what you got. Thank you for yeah, enlightening yeah. me. Enlightening when me. You, when you, yeah, today obviously. I learned when you put yeah. Japan and Mexico together, you get avocado rolls. That is exactly that's what you it. get. You can get you might get an avocado cone as well. Oh, yeah. Maybe. Like that that is a possibility. Mm. But generally you're gonna get an avocado roll. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, today, the day that we're recording this is Cinco de Mayo. So, I mean, if you did put them together today, I feel like a cone's more of like a party thing. So you might get a cone today, but, but I don't know. I like cones. <laughs> I don't think I've ever had one. I had actually my first one like a week ago. Oh, it really? seems like it's a weird concept, but it was at a Japanese restaurant and it was like a dollar ninety five for an avocado roll or cone. Sorry. And so uh, I was like, hell yeah, I'm going to get, I'm going to get an avocado cone. 
You know, nice. Can't go. You can't go wrong for a dollar ninety-five, even if it's shit. <laughs> <laughs> you really can't go wrong for two dollars. Like you just can't. No, you really can't. Topic two on episode twenty-four of the Roots of Life podcast. Jimmy, bring it in. Uh, topic two is the topic of consciousness. It's a very deep and vast topic. We're going to delve into it a little bit. Uh, talk about our thoughts on consciousness. I have a question for you, Taylor. Where do you think consciousness comes from? Because, jeez, man, I know. I just hit you with the hard ones. Every You're time. throwing me to the wolves right I now. I just, I just throw like hot fire fastballs at you. But if you think Wait, about you're... it, like certain things don't have consciousness. There are inanimate objects. In so so. Many people believe that those things don't have consciousness, and there are people and animals and things that do have consciousness. So where does that come from? Not a white man with a white beard. No? No. <laughs> the, the white man didn't create consciousness? No. Oh. That's exactly what I'm saying. I, w- I was actually referring to Jesus. Oh, who I thought you were was- referring to his father, but... Well, okay. yes. I mean, <laughs> hypothetically, I guess. Yes. But it's hypothetical. A lot of people me. believe Jesus wasn't white. I don't think he was. No, he was, but he was. in most churches, he's portrayed as a white man. Yeah. But why? Uh, I'm not really on topic here anyways, but let me divert to your question. <laughs> um, man, I don't know. It's, it's an interesting conversation. Mm-hmm. I... I don't know. Is there some kind of singular energy that provides it all? Like, I mean, I don't know, man. It's, it's, it's a hard one. I mean, there's a couple, I'll throw just like a couple theories on, on that idea. There is the idea that we are, that we are all part of a single consciousness experiencing itself in infinite subjective realities. Like everything on the planet basically is part of this consciousness experiencing itself from that subjective reality there's also the theory that of of emergence um which basically states that like the best way i can describe it is where uh somebody said the soul is greater than the whole of its parts so basically like consciousness arises from uh the complexity of matter to the point where like our brains are say the most complex out of the creatures on the planet. So we have the highest consciousness. So the more complex you are, the higher state of consciousness you're at. And the, and thus like matter, like rocks, it would have, it would still have a base consciousness, but it wouldn't be at a consciousness that's technically conscious in the way that we see consciousness. So when you get to the point where you're humans, the amount of like matter and, energy and everything that's connected creates this consciousness that we that we experience but you can't measure it in terms of its parts like through matter or through the the way you think etc those are a couple theories on it um i was going with like panpsych uh panpsychism and emergence theory there where panpsychism is like that the theory that every single Basically, every single atom has consciousness within it. And do you do you believe that? Um, I mean, my favorite my favorite philosopher Spinoza. That's kind of that's kind of like where he 
where he goes, he sees the world or the universe, basically like everything in creation as like one single entity. I really like the ancient philosophers and a lot of them come back to like a singularity, a one, like a one, just the one single thing that, that we all basically were created from. Some people would say that's like God or whatever. Um, I don't see it as as God in the terms of like most people do as like a as like a human type being. It's more of just like an energy where we could all be like because everything had to come come from something or it was already here forever. So it's it's just a weird it's a weird concept when you get into consciousness because it, it for me consciousness ends up getting to very like metaphysical like where did we all come from like type stuff but i kind i i do i do have like some idea that there, there is like panpsychism because there have been studies that have proven that like plants actually have consciousness where they would put um, a plant in a room and they'd have people come in and yell at it and abuse it and like rip leaves and bat at it and then other people that would come in and be really nice to it sing to it talk to it water it etc and this, these plants would be hooked up to like EEGs, which is, it basically measures the amount of electrical current in whatever it's connected to. So they do that. And then after a while, um, they'd leave the plant alone and then they'd have the person that abused it go back in and see if there's a change in the meter on the EEG and have also do like somebody that the plant's never seen before scene um but in quotes and uh and then have the person that was nice to it and what they discovered was that the the readings on the eeg would spike when the person that abused it came in so basically like there'd be more energy going on in the plant basically kind of like when you think about it it's kind of like there's actual consciousness because it realized that that was the same person right do you think it what do you think it recognizes? Like, do you think it just recognizes the human as another form of conscience? I don't know. I don't. I don't. Like, I don't understand how it would do that at all. I, it doesn't make sense to me. And honestly, when I was told this the first time, I was completely like disagreeing. I did not believe it at all. I was like, "No, you're lying to me." Like that did not happen. Then I looked it up, read the read the study, and I was like, "Oh man, that's amazing." But I don't know what it would be um, sensing. Maybe, maybe it just senses like a vi- the vibration, because um, we all we all do put out electromagnetic fields. So maybe there's like an electromagnetic field that it senses, and it kind of can recognize individuals that way. But I'm not sure. Yeah, I agree with you. I mm-hmm. think that's very possible. You know, I think beneath us, there's all. There's a lot more to us than what is on the surface level. Mm-hmm. And I think it's almost like, like you said, like these studies have been done. It's ignorant to just believe that it doesn't exist. Yeah. Right. And on, a, on even on a surface level, if you take care of plants and you nurture, they shine. Yeah. Like it's not like, but if you neglect it, then, you know, it will die or it has to rely on other means like mother nature to take care of it. Right. Mm-hmm. which is where it will receive its life from, right? Which is where we receive life from in the sense of like, 
you know, the sun, like, it's just like a form of energy that helps provide us with life. And if it wasn't for that, like we wouldn't be able to live in our conscious selves and our physical selves on this planet. And so, you know, I think it's, there's that idea that if you, if you can provide good energy and to and caring be compassionate for other people then you know you you provide life essentially to other things and to other mm-hmm. forms of conscience and i think that's part of our duty as as a conscience as a being you know is to do that and to give back definitely i like it previously in my life i used to think that i was definitely like hardcore materialist i believed that nothing no consciousness arose unless there were neurons firing and and therefore like base material had to be there before there could be any sort of consciousness there needed to be neurons firing there needed to be that chemical signal that electrical signal going through to create any type of consciousness but i've gotten to the point just basically through readings and different things like that where i i think there's more to it i think there is Maybe there is just a singularity. There's just one thing out there that provides all beings and all things with consciousness. And we are part of it as a as a, an entity in basically experiencing itself in its own in a subjective manner. Um, there's the term qualia, which is basically the subjective um, conscious experience. And just thinking of that word, it kind of, it's one of those words that like everybody knows it, but they've probably haven't heard it because everyone has their own subjective experience. You, you know, like, oh man, the sky looked red today. You could tell me that, but I can't picture the redness of that sky that you saw. I can just picture a red sky that I saw or something similar to it. But there's like that subjective experience that you experienced so it's always different no matter who we are. I had I had debates about this in like high school where one of us would point and be like, how do I know that the blue that I'm seeing right now is the blue that you see? And basically when you get down to like the physics of it, it's on a certain wavelength. So it's probably going to be the same for, for everyone um, because it's reflecting the same wavelength back. But it gets it gets to the question where you can't really say that, yeah, the blue that I see right now is exactly what you're seeing because you don't know how their eyes perceive it. So it's always interesting, those debates we got into. I don't know where I was going with that, but... I remember having those same... Asking those same questions. Mm -hmm. How do I know that we're seeing the same thing? And because Mm -hmm. I remember... I remember hearing a story about someone who was colorblind, but they didn't know they were colorblind... Yeah. Obviously, you know, people talked about colors and he like didn't really understand that he wasn't seeing them for whatever reason. And so it was the idea that like he's seeing something different. But when he sees when somebody says red, he's like, yeah, red. okay," And tries to understand. But he's not actually seeing the same thing as everybody else. He's seeing like a different shade of whatever. Um, probably like a like a shade of brown or something, and exactly. Him, and so, and red. he's and then he tries to learn to perceive that as red. But obviously, uh, I think when you're colorblind, like everything 
is yeah like in some kind of black and red and or sorry black and like brown and dark shades and stuff like yeah, that right there's different kinds of colorblind where you just don't see like certain parts of the spectrum um the most popular is like red green where those red and green are kind of like browned out so right yeah. so it's interesting to think about how different people perceive things differently and you know it's it pays i think to be able to understand that and, you know, just to be able to show some empathy for other people and try and put yourself in their shoes. We're all different. We're all on different levels. <laughs> Speaking of levels, actually, like levels of consciousness. Um, I was talking about how there's like the plant consciousness, then there's our consciousness. So you, there's like, and then there's like animals. Um, they have their base instincts. We have that higher cognitive functioning. I was reading the other day an article uh, that that has proven that psychedelics actually produce a higher state of consciousness. Now, this doesn't mean it's like a better state of consciousness. It doesn't mean that your brain's functioning better. But in states of consciousness, the way they measure those is how diverse the signals are within your brain. Um, and when you are on psychedelics, your sign the brain signals become more diverse and less like integrated on the same pathways. So that's why, that's why some people have like brilliant um, epiphanies while they're high on psychedelics, where they're all of a sudden like, oh my God, I totally understand this now. It's because their brain was able to use different connections that they haven't, they haven't or don't often use in a, in a different way. So that two different things that basically would never have connected within those integrated pathways are connected through this crazy psychedelic trip so it's cool i was just i just thought it was an interesting um piece of knowledge that psychedelics actually create a higher state of consciousness i would have to agree because i've definitely experienced it firsthand before mm -hmm. you know i've had those profound experiences when in when in a psychedelic state uh where yeah you think new ways and your your mind opens up to new possibilities and it definitely uh, just allows allows you to be open and think new things and I've definitely been there and I've had that and I've had life-changing moments where I realized like like I knew uh, through those moments that I was like never gonna be the same person again and that I was going to live my life differently and I don't think it was one of those things where I, had that experience and then just went back to being who I was mm -hmm. like these were things that I carried on with me for the rest of my life and have changed my perception of the world and mm -hmm. I've carried that on with me and continued to uh, explore new things and grow new things and I've made it a point through those experiences to make sure that I'm committed to uh, changing and growing and keeping an open mind to these new possibilities. Yeah, I, I know I've experienced nothing life-changing, but there's definitely been a few times where I'm like, wow, I didn't, I didn't think of things like that. I didn't see the connection there, and, and now I do. Um, for example, when we were watching Letterkenny, I, I kind of like ended up figuring out the entire storyline and how everything kind of worked together and why they would write it like that um, because 
the psychedelics kind of just helped me basically integrate all of the stuff that I knew about it into one new new theory of how it was all written. So it it wasn't life changing any or anything, but it was something new and a new way to to see it. So it's cool. But I think even even though it might not have been life changing in that moment, I think uh, as we've discussed, it it allows your brain to fire in new ways. You're creating those connections within your brain, and I think it's like the first time. Like if you think of it on a physical level, you know. Maybe like when you're a baby, like and you first learn to walk, you're using muscles that you like haven't really used. Yeah. And then but because you've like like imagine the first time you walk, you're going to be like, holy shit, like this is the thing. Like my legs can work in this way. Right. And then from there, you start to build on that. And so from that moment when your brain makes those connections, you realize that like that muscle within your brain has the potential to grow. And so from there, it's like you, you will start to use that pathway more and more and you will then begin to think in new ways and you'll, I, quote unquote, become smarter, I think. Yeah, I could see. Maybe yeah. that's a poor choice of word, but I mean, for lack of a better word, at least you just you'd have like a different perception on, on life. I, I always I always use that instead of smarter, but in a way, like having a different way of thinking is is does make you smarter. Having a different perception, being able to see not only your own perception, but how somebody else perceived it as well is is being smarter. So I definitely agree. It's it's you are being smarter about it. So are we gonna talk about the rabbits? The rabbits? Yes. Yeah, and your your talk with the rabbits? Yes. Because <laughs> this this is what you said is yeah. you know the like just the state of conscience yeah. and the the higher wavelength that you operate on in a psychedelic state and yeah like I don't know man I feel like we got to address it because it's <laughs> been actually, in my mind for the last five to ten minutes I actually had somebody say to me did that actually happen. Yes, and yes, it did. It one hundred percent happened. Yes, it was. It was good. It was real. Did it I happened. not say that to you? Like in that moment, I was like, "Did that just happen?" Yeah, like after they were just like they just came up to you. You just like kind of like had a conversation with them without speaking, and I was kind of like standing up there, a little weirded out by it. And then they just kind of hopped off and did their own thing, and you're like, "Cool, back to playing the game." Like it was nothing, but you were kind of like, did that But there happen? was a and connection. Then, yeah. It was that fa- the fact that, yeah, like I was in a different state and mm-hmm. they were, they were able to recognize it. Yeah. <laughs> and I, it seems so weird to say it. I know it seems, it sounds silly, but like I knew and they knew, like I knew that there was a certain level of comprehension between me and these fucking rabbits. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm looking them dead in the eye and they're looking me up in the eye. They're not, you know, sniffing my shoe or some shit. Yeah. They're looking at me and I'm like, I understand what you're doing. And they're looking at me like, yep, we know. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> yeah, it was like, they just, they knew you were just, gonna be a passive being that they could go and like investigate check you out and then continue on like they just knew that it was an interesting experience even even just as an observer i don't suggest trying it with a bear or a lion no no don't do anything dangerous (laughs) they will eat your ass up 
Rabbits are soft and cuddly. They're fine. They probably have rabies, though. I don't think so. Not those ones, no. No, those ones were nice rabbits. Yeah, they were sweethearts. <laughs> so, we've thrown in our little, our two bits on consciousness. Do you have any more to say on the subject of consciousness? I think it's important to let it grow. I think it's part of your commitment to yourself and to your personal growth to be aware of it and to explore it and understand where it can take you Mm -hmm. because none of us really know what happens after our physical selves fail. But I think you have to, there's the potential for so much more. And I think the more you explore it, the more you understand and, and there's, and I, I don't know, I want to, I want to know more. Like as once you get your first taste, you want to know more <laughs> and you want to understand more. And so like do something to like start reading on it and start reading about ways to practice. Yeah. And, and then from there, like it's like a rabbit hole, you know, you just pun not intended at all, but, <laughs> um, <laughs> But you'll just you'll go down it and you'll start exploring and it's an interesting world and you'll just become really interested in it. So I think be open to exploration mm-hmm. and be open to uh, personal growth. Yeah, I know. I definitely like I, I started um, taking philosophy classes, started learning about their philosophies on consciousness and being, especially being starting to try and figure out like where everything came from, where the start of the universe was and et cetera on a theological or, or theoretical just viewpoint. It's, it gets really in depth and crazy. You really want to like engage with it because it might not have like a crazy impact on your day to day working life, but on your per as a person, with personal like agendas and your own thoughts and everything like that. It's really interesting to see where those thoughts come from, um, how you basically manifest being alive. And it's just amazing. It's a really amazing topic. I took a consciousness course and we talked about a lot of different um, theologies, uh, Taoism, um, Buddhism, Hinduism, um, a lot of Eastern philosophies that that had like a theory of creation that was very different from the the Western Catholic and Christian creation stories. And it was really interesting to see how I think Taoism itself is one of those um, panpsychist um, religions. They believe that everything has consciousness. Um, certain types of Buddhism do as well. That's why with a lot of Buddhism, the the stereotype is that they're very passive and don't don't maim or kill things unless um, in like self-defense or whatever. So, yeah. Respect all life. Respect all life. Because I, I was thinking about this quote again, the, um, the quote that... We are all part of a single consciousness experiencing itself in infinite subjective realities. As I was walking around today um, and I was looking at other Were people. Were you practicing that? Kind of. I was looking at other people. Actually, it was yesterday after I was slacklining. 
I did a bit of meditating while slacklining and kind of meditated on the idea and then walked around and I was like kind of thinking of, of the fact that in a sense, every being that every person that I was seeing was another, like another me in a different life. It was, it was a really weird thought to have thinking that like every being, everything around you is you in a different life. It's that is an interesting weird. thought. Yeah. Cause that's basically what it means. It's that, that everything out there is you in a different experiencing reality in a different way. At a different point. Yeah. At a different spot within your spiritual growth, mm -hmm. your spirit's growth, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, that's, I think on a more like relatable level for some people, you know, it's just, it's again that like trying to show, trying to understand from other people's perspectives Right. So instead of, you know, there's also like, yeah, you can think of it as that is yourself, but just to understand that person's perspective will be very beneficial mm -hmm. to uh, helping you grow and help you understand why people are the way they are. I thought it might also help when you with, when you think of the, the idea that we're supposed to treat others like we treat ourselves, because basically they are you, just a different you. Treat yourself the way you want to be treated. Absolutely. Now. We are going to get going shortly, but I do want to let people know that the following two episodes on the Roots of Life podcast, I will, well, actually, I guess I'll be a part of the one, but they're not the usual episodes for the Roots of Life podcast. They are going to have some guests. I will be doing a conversation with my friend John Sketchley, and then you, James, mm -hmm. will be doing a conversation with your friend MTS. Yeah. And so I will be gone for 10 days, so we've recorded and gotten these episodes ready for everybody so that you can listen to them, and, and then I will come back, I will be back, and then we will talk about some experiences that I'm going to have, and I'm really excited to come back and to be able to share them with everybody. Yeah, I'm really excited to actually see how this goes for you. It should be cool. My world's going to fall apart. You think so? Very fast. Breaking down boundaries? Barriers? That's it, man. I'm just going to break down some barriers so I can start building up some new walls and start building up some new ideas and letting my brain grow. I'm going like to have like I'm going to have like a Jimmy Neutron head by the end of it. <laughs> just a huge head when you're done. <laughs> yeah. And then maybe I'll just like hit it on the roof and then I'll have like a Stewie Griffin type head or something. Jump on your bed a lot and you'll, you'll be good. Yeah. It'll be good times. <laughs> All right. I think that's it for today. Thank you everybody for being here. Thank you for listening. We appreciate your time and your being here. So thank you very much. Thank you everybody. I am looking forward to talking with everybody soon. And Jimmy, I'm looking forward to just talking to you soon. Yeah, I'm excited. You're coming up here to visit, I think. I think so. We're, we'll have to talk about it a little yeah. bit more, but I think, I think I'm going to try. So That'll be great. I'm excited. Yes, absolutely. Thank you, everybody. Have a wonderful day, and we will talk to you in one week. <laughs> Stay weird. <laughs>